0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Thank you very much. Thank you for the invite tonight for the Malav Malka. And thank you for making a Hashem, to Tudas Mitzvah. So, um, the Rav, I didn't really speak to the Rav. I didn't, he didn't tell me how he was going to open his remarks. And he was talking about helping others, and that's really my subject tonight. So, this week's parsha says the following, the second Pasek. And Abraham Avinu lifted his eyes and he saw and there were three people standing in front of him, on him, in front of him. And the passage repeats again. And he saw and he ran to meet them. from And he bowed down. So the kash is you already said Vayar. You already said that he saw them. And the first time it says Vayar, Vayar it says, shloisha, anush, and them all of. There were three people standing right in front of him. And then the, the second time it says Vayar, in the same Pasik, he saw them. Vayar was across them. He ran to meet them. It should have been the other way around. He should have ran to meet them, and then they're standing in front of him. Not they're standing in front of him, then he ran to meet them, because if they're standing in front of him and he runs to meet them, he's going to run them over. So why does it say twice vayar, and also it's in, it's definitely in, 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 it's wrong. It's 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 vayar. It's across them as if they're standing in front of them. They can't run. So it bothered Rashi. It didn't just bother me. It bothered Rashi. Rashi says something very very important that has to do with chesed. It has to do with how we treat other people. Vayar, straight Rashi. Mahu vayar vayar shnei Amin. He saw them twice. Hareishah Kimesh Mai, The first time it says he saw him, it was exactly he saw them. He just saw them. But the second time, it was something else. Pasheni, Loshen, Havana. The second look. It's very important. It's we, I just spoke to my seminary girls last week, or whoever I spoke to. I said in life, usually the first look is wrong. It's the second look that counts you have to take a second look. If you want to buy Yorot's them, if you want to run to help somebody else, then you have to take a second look. So the first look we see, what we see. But what Rashi is saying here, that that second look gives you Havana. It gives you an understanding. And I will explain with a couple of examples, but I would like to show you more in the Torah when it talks about this Havana that we want to talk about tonight, this understanding. That's not just a look, it's understanding what you're looking at. So, I asked many times, what does it take for a person to save the world? What is it, what kind of person? What kind of person has the ability to save the whole world? What do you have to be? A Gogol? You have to know Shas? You have to be very rich? What do you have to be to, to save the world? You have to have a lot of money so you could save the world? The answer is no. Who in our Torah saved the world? Who in the Torah saved the whole world? Noach didn't save the world. Avram didn't, didn't save Sadaim. Who saved this one person? Who Mamish saved the whole world? And who was that? Yes, Tzaddik. It's he saved the whole world. If it wasn't for him, the world would have had no food, and the world would have been would have died. What what did he do to save the world? Yosef came to them, two Arabs in the worst dungeon of Mithraim, Vayar And he saw them. Not just one look, but an understanding look. Why? Because he saw the Hinei Zayafin. They were depressed. They were anxious. They had anxiety. And he asked them, That's it. That saved the whole world. Why? Do you look depressed? That's what he asked him. Two Egyptians. Wasn't his problem. He had his own problems. He's in the dungeon of Mitzrayim. Even if his brothers would look for him, they would never find him. And he's worried that these two Egyptian guys, they look like they're angry, they're depressed. They're walking around in a bad mood. So he didn't just see them. He saw that something's bothering him. Onwards case. I think one of the saddest sukkim in the Torah. Yosef, that's And Yosef saw his brothers, and he recognized them. He recognized them. Next Pasik. Yosef is and Yosef recognized his brothers. You just told me that in the Pasik before. Why are you telling me the next Pasik that he recognizes his brothers? Because there's a bitmia here. The Torah says, he recognized them, but they did not recognize him. So the Torah is like, I does not understand. How could it be that his brothers, not one of them, recognized Yosef? Now, everyone knows the story that he has a beard. He didn't have a beard when he was 17. There's a very big kash on that. Because it's brought down, the Chedot brings down, many Swarm bring down, that Yosef looked exactly like Yaakov. So when he didn't have a beard, he didn't look like Yaakov, because Yaakov had a beard. But now when they came out to it it's 22 years later, he had a beard. So they were mamish looking at their father's face. All brothers came in, except Benyamin. they're looking at their father. Yosef looked exactly like Yaakov, and he has a beard. So the Torah is like, the hemli And they didn't recognize him? The chidah says something amazing. The chidah says, beautiful shot says when he said, "I need," right? So the posig says, uses the word I' trying to say from inside. So he says, "I need They couldn't answer him. Kinivhalum. The word Mipunov, the Khidar says, is they were in shock of his face. Because when he said, I'm the they looked at him and said, How could we not recognize you? They're like, that's the, that's why the, the title is the Mipanov. They're looking at him and saying, like, I'm in awe. I I, I saw you weeks ago, and I, I, how could I not recognize you? So how come he couldn't how come they couldn't recognize him? And the answer is. That if you only have one vayar, if you only have the first look, you could be so wrong. I'll tell you a story about a girl in my high school. So I have a high school called Benochaya BCA, which is for girls that have been thrown out of other schools, they're on the street, they're going through a lot of trauma, they've been in really bad places, and most of them are not so from, at all. And they're in my high school t- for us to be Makar of them and to help them and to and to get them healthy. One day I get a call from a girl. She's Baruch Hashem. She did amazing. She got married. She's she happened to be married to a guy who was learning. It was like one of our biggest success stories that we've ever had in my high school. And one Friday morning, I get this hysterical phone call. Why? She's in Glotmart on Avenue M in Brooklyn. And the principal of the high school that threw her out in 10th grade, and we're not going to argue whether she should have gotten thrown out, she did something really bad, so he threw her out, was in Glotmar. And she was so proud of who she became, she had this little baby in her little carriage, and she wheels up to him and says, Rabbi so-and-so, do you know who I am? Which is very embarrassing, because, you know, many times people come over to me, and girls come over to me, and they am like, Hi, Ray Wallstein, you remember me? So, so I don't remember everyone I see. In fact, since I started teaching girls, Hashem really took my whole memory away. I come home sometimes, and my daughter's at the door, and I'm like, what, are you a guest? Like, I don't know who you are. Right? So he took this whole, this whole memory away from me. So girls come over, they're like, Ray Wallstein, you remember me? And I'm like, um, sure. But in Brooklyn, they're tough, these kids. And they're like, really? What's my name? So I'm like, it's not sneeze to say a girl's name. (laughs) The problem is they're Brooklyn girls. They're like, okay, here's a pen and a paper. Just write it, please, Rabbi. (laughs) So she runs over to this rabbi and she goes, do you know who I am? He goes, no. He goes, my name, I'll just make up a name. My name is Miriam Kranzler. I hope there's no Kranzler. I just made up that name. Miriam Kranzler. He goes, you're not Miriam Kranzler. You're Miriam's older sister. We had you like 10 years ago, right? You're her older sister. She goes, no rabbi so-and-so, I'm, I'm Miriam. You know, the one that you threw out in 10th grade? He said, don't play with me. I know who you are. You're Miriam's older sister, Yocheved. And he just turned around and walked away. And she was so broken. She said, I did all this work? I changed so much and, and and he couldn't give me a confirmation. I said, the confirmation doesn't have to come from him. The confirmation has to come from HaKadosh Baruch Don't wait for confirmation from human beings. He has only one vayar. I saw this kid, she made me trouble, I threw in the street and if you are that girl, then I was wrong. So you can't be that girl. The brothers of Yosef only had one vayar. How do we know this? Because the Medrash says that when they came to Mitzrayim, where did they look for him? They didn't look for him in the palace. The Medrash says they looked for him in the base, in the streets of ill repute, with women of ill repute. They had one vayar on their brother, who he was and where he was going and where he was going to end up. And if that's what you see, then you could be standing right in front of him in Gottmark. You could stand right in front of him when he's sitting in the palace. Look at him. Looks exactly like your father. But how do we be and not be able to recognize who he is? For Ronnie Greenwald, Oliver Shalom, who is the dean of my school, he said, I look at things with a rose colored glasses. And people ask me all the time, like, how do you do this? How do you deal with these kids? And I deal with a lot of pain. I deal with a lot of pain. How do you sleep at night? How do you sleep at night? And my answer is that when I see a girl that's got 15 piercings in a short skirt and smoking on Shabbos, when I look at her, I see a girl under the chuppah, I see a girl in Glotmot with a bunch of little kinderlach, with nice little payas and yarmulkes, I don't see that first look. I don't see. I have the Havana that Rashi says to understand that don't go by what that is. The brothers, wasn't even, this wasn't even in one of my markers, but the brothers, talk about Bayar. when Yosef came, his father sent him to meet them. Listen to the Bayar. And I'm begging everyone here never to have only your first vayah. Paseg yud Vayiru oisai They saw him, but they didn't see him close up. They saw him from far away. And you know what happens when you look at another Jew from far away? And you make a judgment on another Jew from far away? Ooh, but listen to how the Pussy has all the details here. Why do we need these details? And before he could even get near them, they decided to kill him. You look at a Jew with one look, you don't have the Havana, you don't have the second look, you're killing him. It's the dreamer. Let's go, let's kill him. They made a decision. And if they saw their brother coming, he must be coming to tell him another dream. If he, they would have just waited and let him come and say why he was there, that my father sent me to see if everything's all right, they would have never sold him. It wouldn't have been a story malchus, and we may not even be in this gollus that we're in. But by a Jew is never allowed to look at another Jew from afar. And when you see a kid that's or a kid that's struggling, then you need to see deep into why is this girl struggling? Why is this boy struggling? What can I do to help him? Rashi says the first vayar is yeah, of Allah, it's standing in front of you. The problem you're looking at is standing in front of you. But if vayar them, if you want to reach them and you want to meet them, then you have to run towards them? there has to be a havana. there has to be a second vayah. I want to end, because are not place to give long speeches, especially when they tell you how long to talk, with a story called The Mumbler, about a little boy, I love this story. I've been a Rebbe, I was a Rebbe in 8th grade for, for Hashem for 30 years in Kranite's yeshiva. Mr. Rothberg's here, his wife was our amazing principal, and um, she wasn't just an English principal, but even when kids did really bad stuff and they were supposed to leave the school, she was the one that I went to always. She was an English principal, and she always got them to stay. She should be Gaben. She should have a full shalem, and she should be bench. So there's this kid, and one day his Rebbe calls his parents and says, listen, you've got to come to school right away. We're having, we're having a situation with your boy Chaim. What's okay. going on? He talks to himself all the time. I remember the old days we had kids like that used to talk to themselves. Today you have therapists, they don't have to talk to themselves. So kids don't have that problem. But this this kid was talking to himself and they were very upset about it. And the parents said, you know, it's very interesting, he's doing it at home too. For the last three months, when he gets into a fight with his brothers, he walks off and starts mumbling. Okay? So they come to school and the principal says, listen, we can't have this. You know, he's walking around by gym and by, by lunch and he's talking to himself. Other kids are making fun of him. You have to send them to a therapist. You agree, we'll keep them. You don't agree, we're not keeping them. No, we agree. They go to a the therapist. So he goes and he sits down in front of this lady therapist. She says, so is it true that you talk to yourself? He says, yeah, I do. He says, can I ask you, what are you saying to yourself? Like, what are you talking about? He says, sure. I'll tell you, but I have to ask you a favor. Don't tell anyone else. It's my secret. She goes, no, no, I won't tell anyone else. I'm a therapist. I'm not allowed to tell anyone else. Okay. He says the following story. He says three months ago, his Rebbe got up and said a story over from a Chaim Kaineski. These were sixth graders. He was a sixth grader. So, he said over a story that there was a couple that um, didn't have children for like 10, 12 years. And the, the wife said to their husband, no more going to Rav Chaim for a bracha. You have to go to Rav Chaim for a haftacha. You got to get a promise from Rav Chaim that we're going to have a child. Don't come out of that room without a haftacha. Okay? He goes to Rav Chaim and he says to Rav Chaim, I, I need to have tocha that to have children. I don't have children for twelve years. He had been he been by Rav Chaim many times. Never got to have Tacha. Rav Chaim said, "What does the doctor say?" So the doctor said that 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 it's not, it can't happen. It just can't happen no matter what we tried. It's not going to happen. So Rav Chaim said, "Listen, you want a nace? I give you a bracha for a nase. Give you have Tacha on a nace. I'm not a. So, but I'll tell you what to do. Find someone that got insulted publicly." In front of everyone. Get a bracha from that person. That is bigger than anything that can happen because that will cause an ace. And there's a whole understanding that if you don't answer, so you're breaking teva, because it's the teva of a person to answer. And if you don't answer, someone insults you in public. So you're breaking teva. So you have a right. Need to, need to ask Hashem to break teva. The teva, they couldn't have children. But that's the Lamdashah part of, of this happening. So, he came back to his wife and he said, no, you gotta have tacha? No. The Chaim said, find someone that that gets insulted. She said, well, we're going to go start looking for people who get insulted in public. Should we insult someone in public? Like, What should we do? He says, that's what he said. She was very angry. She was very upset. He didn't get it done. Anyway, two months later, she's at a wedding in B'nai Brak, and it was a divorce. It was a a, a, a divorce. parents. The woman did something very wrong in this divorce and she was not invited to the wedding of her own daughter because she did something this type of thing, whatever. I don't know what she did. She did something. There was a word on it. Not invited to the wedding. But she decided to come to the wedding anyway, in the middle, to dance with her daughter. When she came to the wedding, to dance with her daughter, the mother-in-law, the, the husband's, the ex, the ex-mother-in-law, was standing there. She said, over my dead body, you're not dancing with it. And she starts screaming and yelling, you're a you if you're this, you're that. You're not touching, you're not, get out of this place, you weren't invited. has ripped this woman in public, in front of all the other women. And this, she didn't know what this other lady, she, she, she ran out. Which is she was crying and she ran out. She didn't answer. She had nothing to answer. She ran out. This woman who didn't have kids for 12 years was at the wedding. And all of a sudden she hopped. My gosh, she just got insulted in front of the whole wedding. She ran after her. This woman thought there was a woman from her, his side running after, chasing her. So she ran even faster. But finally she caught up to her. She said, no, 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 I'm not chasing you. I don't have children for 12 years. I need a bracha. Said, me, you heard what they said about me? Why would you come? She said, you stood there in front of this whole wedding and, the, and she at you and you didn't answer? Give me a bracha. She said, okay, next year at this time you should have a baby boy and please invite me if you do. Rav Chaim says over this story that exactly a year later she had a baby boy, there was a bris and Rav Chaim was the sandik because her husband went and told her, Rav Chaim, with your advice, we had a child, the time was the This was the story that the Rebbe told the class three months before the boy started mumbling. So the therapist said to him, so what does that have to do with you? Why are you mumbling? He said, well, every day after davening in class, my Rebbe puts ten names on the wall, on the board of people that are sick, that need a refusal. And Rebbe Chaim said that if you get insulted in public, then you can do miracles. So I memorized those ten names. And then when I go to the gym and I go to eat, or kids make fun of me all the time, I go to the corner and I mumble their names. And at home, when I'm home, and my brothers and sisters make fun of me, I mumble their names. But you can't tell that to anyone. It's my secret. Vayar is a mumbler. A kid who's talking to himself. We need to throw him out of Yeshiva. He's crazy. Vayar, the second look, is a tzaddik. A sixth grader that's doing miracles. That's the godless of Avram Avinu. Vayar, Vinay I have two more minutes. (laughs) There's a store in Flatbush called Chapanash. They have really good coleslaw. (laughs) So every Friday I go to Chapanash to get coleslaw. It's already ten years. There's this lady, a little lady, poor, poor lady that sits outside of Chapanash. Now, the last two years, they, 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 there's new ownership, and she sits inside a Chapanash. But years ago, years ago, she sat outside a Chapanash. Freezing days, hot days, didn't make a difference. Same lady, same chair, same everything. And she sits outside with a little coffee cup, collecting money. I always put, usually I put a dollar in the cup, but sometimes she's a very smart lady. She says, Rabbi Wallerstein, you look very handsome today. I put two dollars in the cup. <laughs> She tried a couple of weeks ago. She said, you look handsome, but now I know why your daughter is so pretty. Because of of her parents. I said, five bucks. Keep it up. (laughs) Keep up the good work. But anyway, so I put a dollar in a cup. And everyone who walks out, a quarter, a dollar, whatever. A few years ago, I usually go 11 o'clock after teaching. I went at 8.30 in the morning. Maybe 9 o'clock in the morning. And... I, I gave her my dollar and there's a BYA, BYA is right there. There's a Besaku girl, and she's handing her a coffee and a Danish. Right across from Chapa now, she's in Jerusalem too. They've breakfast coffee, whatever it is. Hand her your coffee and a Danish. And she puts it down and she's sipping on the coffee, and I'm like, Wow, that's so nice. And the girl starts walking away, and I'm I'm like, I'm always asking questions. I'm the I'm the second vayar. I like to understand things. And I was like, First of all, the girl must be spending a dollar on the coffee, a dollar on the day, is two dollars, like, it's very nice. I said, when, when did you start doing this? She said, a while back. I'm like, why, why? She said, Red Wallstein, do you know that that lady used to fast a whole Friday? What are you talking about? She said, I, I asked her once, like, I don't see you, don't, you don't have any food by your chair, like, what do you eat? And she said, I don't eat a whole Friday. Why don't you eat a whole Friday? So because if I get up, it's a poor lady, right? So if I get up off my chair and go across the street to get a coffee and a Danish, I'm gonna miss a bunch of people. I'm gonna lose five dollars. So she sat a whole Friday. We're all walking out, dollar, quarter, fifty cents, right? I'm such a tadik, right? Meanwhile, this lady sitting there with her cup, she's not eating a whole Friday. So this girl. Had the second vaya, the Havana, to ask, by the way, I don't, I don't see any food here. Do you eat? And she brings her coffee every Friday. So when someone comes to Shul and puts out a cup, when was the last time someone asked them, Do you have breakfast? When was the last time someone invited them to their house, Do you want a coffee? Can we'll make you a coffee? Do you have breakfast? Were you for Shabbos? We see a cup. The first vayar, we all see, and I'm, I'm not saying to anyone here, I'm talking to myself. So I saw a cup for years, a cup. An old paper coffee, coffee cup. You know what she saw? She saw a cup connected to a hand, connected to a human being. It's not a cup. A cup is the of olav. That's it, just the cup. But every person that comes to collect Sadakah, there's a person behind that paper they put out. There's a person behind that cup. That's chesed. That's havana. That's not looking at what you first see, but thinking about what you see. And had the brothers done that, the whole thing wouldn't have happened. But both Kishmofu said, "I chose you." Why? Because he's saw so literalized because you stopped, you turned and you had Havana you looked and said, why is this burning but it's not burning, you asked the question the second look you know what the second look to define what the second look is the second look is asking the question and then, like the Rav said Mahari, Lu- Lushi everything else that followed was only because he had a Havana, that they didn't even want to come in that's what Rashi says he saw they were there to be yote to him but they didn't really want to come in so he realized they don't really want to come in I got to run I got to run to you not you should run to me. That's the kachap. I have to run to you not that you should run to me. Because should all give us the kayak to have the second look and that when it comes to another Jew We'll always be running to help them. I good to work. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com